Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls, the home of the greatest rivalry in professional sports between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. This is your weekly Red Sox episode, your Thursday night, Friday morning sock show. Uh, we got the crew here tonight, minus Luke, uh, but the rest of us are here. My name is Pat. I'm here with Derek and J-Dog, Joey. It never, ever occurs to me to put in a fake name uh, when we log in every week, and you do every single week, <laughs> and it makes me feel... Makes me feel old because Joey, I used to have that same playful attitude. So I'll throw it to you first for our first pitch. Checking in with you before we talk about uh, the state of the Red Sox. How you doing, J Dog? You had that same playful attitude before a, a class of middle schoolers beat it out of you. Uh, I don't. Yes. I don't use a fake name every week. I think I try to mix it up. I try to. I don't want it to become stale. But I was feeling J Dog today. And uh, I'm going to feel J-Dog tomorrow. Who knows what I'll be next week? That's It's fluid. It's a fluid situation. I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, the uh, purple haze outside is uh, pretty crazy. The smog. It's uh, a huge distraction. I've been blaming a lot of things on the smog. I've been lazy the last couple days. And I've just been saying it's because of the air quality. Um, I don't know the science behind that. But that's what I've been telling people. Excited to watch some Red Sox baseball. Playing the Cleveland um, Cleveland Guardians, um, absolutely a uh, they're a depressing team to watch, man. So it's just difficult. If there's anything we learned about Joey tonight, it's that he's fluid. Uh, Derek, I'll go to you next. Uh, checking in with you, heard you the other night on the Yankee Show. Uh, but how you doing in the two days since? Oh, we're I mean doing good. I'll continue a little bit from my first pitch on that show on the Yankee Show. Uh, Eli De La Cruz has just been fun to watch. Um, he got called up that night uh, when we recorded that Yankee show, and it was super exciting. You know, the, the guy's just electric. We've seen it in the minor leagues, and now he's doing it. I mean, the Dodgers just, like, they, the Dodgers probably didn't want to face him anymore after that series. I mean, Kershaw did get the better of him a couple times today, but it's also Clayton Kershaw. You're not going to face a Clayton Kershaw in AAA. Uh, that just takes experience. Uh, but Eli De La Cruz, I mean, he's already got his first – Single, double, home run, triple, uh, first stolen base. I mean, his home run was basically 460 feet. And just the guy's dynamic. And, like, his triple, yeah, I think he had the fastest home to third time of anyone this year. Just dynamic player. Uh, super exciting for baseball. Uh, so I, he's just been super exciting to watch. For other other stuff going on in the sports world, if you don't know, uh Lionel Messi's kind of come play in America, play for Inter Miami, so you can't see it, obviously. Uh, but I am wearing and currently wearing an Inter Miami shirt, so we're rep we're repping that here. Uh, Messi coming to America, ticket prices are about to go crazy high, unfortunately. But he's gonna. That's what happens uh, when the greatest soccer player ever comes to play in your country. Um, but yeah, it's a super exciting time around the sports world right now. You have the Stanley Cup Finals going on, uh, and NBA Finals going on. You know. And the MLB's, you know, season's in full swing. A lot of exciting stuff going on. And now you just have soccer and Messi's coming and the news that's created. Uh, it's just been a super fun last couple of days in the sports world. I do want to shout you out, Derek, because speaking of the NBA Finals, we wrote a piece a couple weeks ago together, Bleacher Bums piece, uh, where we predicted uh, the NBA playoffs, and mine was a disaster. And yours, up until this point, was uh, 100% correct. You... Uh, uh, predicted a Denver-Miami matchup. Um, so good for you on that one. Um, I'm also, uh, my, I guess my quick 
first pitch this week is this is my last show for a little while. I'm going on vacation next week, as Joey hinted at. Uh, I'm a teacher. It's summer break. I'm going to Arizona to visit some family. I will be going to a Diamondbacks game. So speaking of Bleacher Bums, I think I'm going to have Derek, I'm going to force Derek into writing a Bleacher Bums piece with me about the Diamondbacks, uh, and he will be uh, vindicated again. Uh, because as much as we like to tease Derek, he's right more than most of us. Yeah, you heard it, Joey. <laughs> you heard it. I mean, I know he might be right more than I am, but I mean. <laughs> I, I guess fair, he's I right was, more than Joey is. To be fair, I was on the D-backs literally at the start of last offseason. Actually, Listen, no, before last season ended, I was on the D-backs for he's this He's rocking season. the D-backs hat on the sock show right hey. now, folks. You can't see it, but. I take a lot of risks. I take fashion risks, and I take a lot of risky takes. You know, I throw bombs out. I'm a bomb thrower on this show. You know that, Pat. Derek yeah, does Bobby Dahlbeck. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm hitting 200, but I'm hitting 30 bombs, right? Yeah, I'm like Luis Arise over here, hitting 400. Derek, Derek is, well, I would say you're Luis Arise. I would say, Derek, you're, like, very careful at when you put something on the line, and then you take half credit when you're wrong. Yeah, so oh, how yes. can, how can I compete with half credit? I can't. I've never gotten half credit in my life. My teachers never felt that bad for me. One other, thing I wanna, one other thing I want to say is hopeful, I'm, I'm against this whole messy coming to America thing. It's, it, it, it's, it's wrong. It's promoting the sport called soccer, which, um, you know, if, if morality really reigned in the United States would be illegal, would not be a sport that could be played at all and any, at any level, at any age. So... Hopefully, uh, no one cares, and he continues. Soccer continues to be a sport that no one cares about. Not a fan of that move at all. And the number two, I'm not a big, you know, Elliot De La Cruz. Uh, you know, people make a big deal out of him. It kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, people are saying he's O'Neill Cruz's brother. Have you guys seen any of the tweets like that? That they're saying that uh, they're like trolling people. They're saying, oh, they're the same, you know, the brothers, you know, because they have the same last name. But it does kind of remind me of a, like this, a similar hype. Like a guy's coming up from like an NL Central scrubby team that like has no chance. He's like tall and lanky, but he's like jacked. And he allegedly is a five-tool player. And look at his exit velos and all of this. I don't know. I don't buy it. The O'Neill Cruz, I don't think, has worked out that well for the Pirates yet. As people made it sound like he was the next coming of, of a biblical prophet out there on the field. Wow, I'm all biblical today. Second reference to God. Anyway, um, I think it's interesting, but I think we should calm down before proclaiming him, you know, the next Ken Griffey Jr. or whatever. Thank you. Although we say Reds don't have a chance, but, like, they're only five games out of their division at the same time. So The division is so bad. Yeah, that's the point. Scrub team. I called them a scrubby team. I didn't know they – they might have a chance, but they're still scrubs. We're scrubs. Red Sox are scrubs. <laughs> they do have a really true. bright future, though. They are building a really bright future there. Yeah, that's what everyone says. And then the Reds and all of those teams, like, half the time destroy their core and sell it off anyway. Right, Pat? I, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. Let's talk about the Red Sox, I'm shall we? In. I'm roping you in. No, 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 no. Let's talk about the Red Sox. Um, we don't really have too much to say about the Guardian series. I think we're going to kind of sneak in some thoughts here and there. Obviously, it hasn't completely gone the way that we wanted to. Uh, but we're just kind of checking on the state of the team tonight, and we want to talk, obviously, about the Yankees series this weekend uh, because it's a big one uh, because that's what we do here at Bleacher Balls is we talk about the Red Sox and the Yankees. First segment we're going to do tonight is something I'm calling In-N-Out because I'm going to the West Coast, 
soon. I'm eating In-N-Out Burger, so we're playing In-N-Out tonight. We're talking about guys in and out of this team, in and out of this lineup, in and out of this rotation right now uh, because we've, we've got some demotions going on. We've got some injuries, this, that, and the other thing. So we're just going to kind of check in on some certain players and give our thoughts. Uh, first one is Adam Duvall. Uh, coming back, I believe, tomorrow, if somebody... Yep, Derek, thank you. Uh, coming back tomorrow. Um, the guy lit the world on fire for two weeks at the beginning of the season, fell and hurt the same wrist that he hurt last year playing center field in Detroit, and wasn't going, I don't think, for as long as we thought he was going to be gone for. Finally back, he's had this Yankees series targeted for a long time, and we'll see him tomorrow. Uh, Derek, he's in, back into this team. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, I'm excited about it, but I also like. I'm interested to see what, how they how they do it, or how they treat the situation with Duvall coming back, and especially when it relates to playing time for Jaron Duran. I think this is where the where Duvall coming back gets interesting, because against lefties, I would assume Duran's gonna get benched against lefties, and that, I mean that wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah, and Duvall's going to play center. Against righties, I think that's where the question comes in. Who, like, where does Duran fit in against right-handed pitching? I don't really know where, if Duvall, if they still believe Duvall can be an everyday center fielder. I don't really know. And also, they've said Kike's going to play center against lefties. I don't know how much that's going to happen with Duvall now coming back. So even if Kike starts playing center, yeah, you could put Duvall in left against lefties and Yoshida DH is Justin Turner plays first base, but I'm not the biggest fan of that. Turner's had his struggles defensively at first, uh, and Cassis has been a lot better since uh, April. He had a really rough April, but he's been a lot better since. Uh, so it's weird. I think Jaron Duran might lose a decent chunk of playing time. I don't know if he'll, I, like I, he won't get sent down as of now. But at the same time, I'm starting to wonder, like, where's the playing time for Jaron Duran going to be? I just don't really see where it's going to end up being. Joey? Uh, for me, I think they're going to find a way to fit Duvall in that lineup. Uh, you know, I'm a little cynical in my older age. I think there will probably be an injury at some point in this season pretty soon that will open up a spot for Duvall and Duran to fit comfortably. Um, I'm high on Duran. I really like what he's been able to do this year as he's standing on second base. I'm presuming with a double. I didn't exactly see, but... Um, it was a single I, and then an error. Single then an error. Thank you, Derek, for clarifying. Anyway, Duran, I think, is too good to send down a triple-A. I really think you have to find a way to work him into this lineup, whether it's putting him back to second. I mean, he did... Start out as a second baseman. Theoretically, you could put him at second base. Well, I know you're like skeeving at that, Pat, and I don't blame you, but is his second base defense really going to be that much worse than Emmanuel Valdez, right? Probably not. He, you know, he'll be a lower tier second baseman, but I think he was a good second baseman when he played it regularly. I, I just, I, I'm not comfortable saying Duran down. Um, I hope Duvall slots in somewhere. I think, you know, maybe it's time to give. Devers maybe deserves a phantom IL stint. I mean, he's really looking bad. Uh, under 300 OBP, under 250. I mean, uncharacteristically bad for Devers. Maybe something's wrong there, you know. But I think this team has to find a way to keep uh, Duran in the lineup and give Duvall the chance to shine like he did before. 
Uh, is that true, Derek, that he played good second base? I, I don't really. They moved him to center field like right away, so they didn't okay. really even give him any run at second base. Yeah, I don't think he's done it in a while. I, I don't know. I just I personally feel like uh, it just makes Duran the bench guy now. Uh, you've got two outfielders on the bench. You've got the right-handed Ref Snyder. You've got the left-handed Duran, and that gives you some flexibility there. Um, I think he's just kind of at the point now where he hasn't quite earned the everyday thing. I know he's hitting leadoff tonight. He's had a good night so far. Uh, you know, we haven't really addressed the Verdugo getting benched for a night thing. Um, but he's hitting leadoff because Verdugo got benched for a night. And so he had a great three weeks, month, whatever it was, came back down to earth a little bit, kind of showed that. Uh, maybe he's just going to be more of a platoon guy. I'm excited to have Duval back. Obviously, we're not going to have the Duval that hits 430 or whatever the hell it was for a while. Uh, but some thump. I mean, Devers hasn't hit a home run in like two weeks, maybe more. I mean, it's been a minute. Uh, and so let's get some thump back in this lineup. I think our, our biggest thump right now is Justin Turner. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the 49-year-old Justin Turner. So let's get Duvall back in here, and let's start. Um, this this offense just needs a little jolt, in my opinion. Um, in an interesting sort of way, the corresponding move, I know it didn't exactly work out this way, but essentially the corresponding move uh, was to DFA Rymel Tapia. So this is the out of in and out Tapia's gone. He lasts about two months on the team. I personally, I liked his hustle. I thought the guy played the game the right way. He liked to stretch stuff out. He was ballsy. I liked that. He earned his bench spot over and over again. I was kind of surprised when he got cut. Maybe the writing was on the wall, on the wall excuse me, during the Ref Snyder extension, which I we can get into another time I'm very excited about. Uh, but Joey, I'll start with you on this one. Tapia, he's out, he's gone. Maybe AAA assignment. We don't quite know how the result of that DFA yet, uh, but he's definitely not on the major league roster now. Your thoughts on that one? I think Tapia gets picked up. He, I thought he was playing. I mean, pretty well for a bench piece. He was a clutch pinch hitter when needed, and he was an okay fielder. So I think a team will take advantage of that. The Red Sox have a too many cooks in the kitchen problem in the outfield. I mean, that's just, you know, if Tapia was an infielder, he would probably be starting in the infield maybe or would have been close to that, right? So that's unfortunate. I really like Tapia. Uh, didn't like him at the beginning of the year. Thought it was kind of a waste of a roster spot. But, I mean, he seemed to have earned his role as a pinch hitter. It just he, bad cards for him. He just didn't fit on this roster anymore. We have way too many outfielders. Um, at least we didn't have to see him play first base. I mean, remember, right before they DFA'd him, there was all this, all these pictures of him uh, taking grounders at first. We never had to deal with that. So let's be happy about never having to see Tapia um, uh, stretching out for throws to first base. Instead, we get to see Cassis striking out looking and all of that stuff. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. No Derek. Cassis slander. Um, the, to be fair, though, Alec, like, Alec, we've seen Alex Verdugo, we've seen Alex Verdugo take grounders at first base. We've seen J.D. Martinez in the past take grounders at first base. Doesn't mean anything just because a guy's taking grounders at first base. Right? I think That's it means something, George. I don't think it's meaningless. No. It, could it be meaningless? Because we've seen guys before take grounders at first base and absolutely nothing. Yeah, and it had meaning under it. Aaron the Judge hell? was doing it. I don't know. Yeah, Judge yeah, was doing was... it. Verdugo's done it. J.D. Martinez was doing it. 
we were experimenting. We were seeing what worked, my friend. It obviously didn't work for Tapia. I think the <laughs> yeah, Tapia got cut because his first base defense. <laughs> exactly. Well, like, yes. you know, first base defense because really he wasn't you, wearing a first basement. Like, Cora's like, listen, we're trying to make you fit, and you just don't fit. I... Yeah, a team with with some of the worst defense in the league is worried about who's going to play first base. Stop I don't know about to, that one. Stop trying to make first base happen. It's not going <laughs> to happen. Alright, Derek, your thoughts on Tapia being DFA? It, it kind of sucks just because like, he is the like perfect like fourth or fifth outfielder. And like, and I still think Ref Snyder was always ahead of him just because we know he will always play against lefty, so Tapia was like the perfect fifth outfielder for the Red Sox team. He's a guy who's always had a good record of pinch hitting. He's always been a good pinch hitter. Solid defense. Not going to blow you out of the water with his defense, but he can play all three outfield spots. Um, but more preferably corner outfield um, if you're a team. And he's, he's just a guy who will get the job done. You're, you, you know what he is, essentially. You know, you look at Ramal Tapia, you know what he is. The floor, he has a floor, and that's being an MLB bench player. The ceiling is also an MLB bench player. He's not going to do much more than that. A guy like, when you look at, like, Jaron Duran, the ceiling for Jaron Duran is a lot higher. Um, and also, too, you know, someone... He was can, making an all-star bid for a minute. I mean, now he kind of looks like a jackass after all that campaigning, but, like, for a minute, it was a reasonable claim. Yeah, now, now like, I, I don't, like... I don't know if I've said this before, but I don't think he's got another month. Like Jaron Duran was never going to hit 300. Like we, like we know who Jaron Duran is. Like at some, he's this. I've seen this made other way. I think it was Tyler Milliken who said it. He's like a poor man's Jared Kelenic, where it's like he's not going to hit 300. He might hit 260, 265, 270, 275 on on, in a good year, but he'll he can hit you. You know, he'll get give you a bunch of extra base hits, especially because of his speed and how dynamic that is. He'll give you some a bunch of extra base hits, and I think that's kind of, you know, like is that amazing? Is that it's not like a star player? It's probably not an all star player, but it's still a solid player. And if well, Derek, that makes sense because the Red Sox are a poor man's baseball team. So if it makes sense that we would have the poor man's. I Jared wouldn't Clark. say they're a poor man's. I mean, no, I get it. We are a cheap imitation of what a baseball team is. I understand. Um, I like Durant's hustle. You know, it, honestly, I, I, I'm surprised I haven't utilized his speed more this year. I'm yes, surprised he doesn't have you. more. He doesn't have more stolen bags. I mean, when he first came up, they were talking about his speed like it was in the upper echelon of elite, elite, elite speed, right? And it is elite, elite, elite. So why am I not seeing Durant, you know, stealing three bases at a time in this league? You know, is, is that not something Cora is prepared to do? Is I mean, I don't I don't want to move it to Cora too fast, but you know, <laughs> is, does it not fit into his schematics? Duran's never been the biggest base stealer, though. Even with his speed, he's never been like the guy. He, like David Hamilton last year stole seventy bases. Jaron Duran's never been that kind of guy. Even in the minor leagues, he's just gonna go and swipe a bunch of bases. His speed is elite, but he's never been a great stolen base guy. That makes is sense. that because, um, and I hate to be harsh here, but is that because he's an idiot and has uh, bad baseball IQ and isn't great at stuff like that? I'm sorry, but like he, he's never been the smartest player. And like 90% of stolen bases is like timing and and working against pitchers and you, you know I, I don't know it just is, it 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 clocks that he's he wouldn't be that great at it I don't know Pat isn't a lot of that about instruction and teaching and, and sure. learning how to do that sure and, no, and, I, I agree I mean this team doesn't run 
This team plays terrible defense. I mean, like, you have... It's I'm not going to deny these boys. It's literally... <laughs> it's sad that this team doesn't play great defense either because you have, a, like, like you look around the field and, like, now... And if this team is healthy, like, they have guys who are good defensive players. Like, Verdugo's been we really have a We have a gold glove center fielder playing shortstop every day. And he's yes. terrible. Yes. Yes. We have a gold... Adam Duvall was a gold glove outfielder. Right? Yeah. You have two gold glove outfielders. One's injured and one's not playing the outfield. Alex Verdugo has been amazing defensively this year by defensive metrics. And he's, it's probably his best defensive season ever. Oh, it's so, you so have three, funny. So you have three defensive outfielders who are good defensively, but the problem is only one of them is playing the outfield. Right it's now. so funny because I know if you weighed our outfield, it's like if you took our, I mean, if, if you took our outfield out, and just weighed our infield against everyone else's infield. I mean, it would be such a joke. I mean, I mean, think of the I mean, the outfield carries us in the defensive metrics. If you were to just compare Devers, Kiki, Valdez, and Cassis, and whoever's playing catcher that day, to the average MLB infield, it's like hilarious. I mean, we have the worst middle infield maybe in Red Sox. Would you say we have the worst middle infield fielding wise in Red Sox history? I think so. I can't speak to like the 1949 Red Sox, but like as far as I can think of, I can't think of something. Uh, maybe I could. But, uh, uh, Bob stop at short might have been worse for like that one game. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like consistently this is about as bad as I can remember. Um, okay, moving on. So speaking of Emmanuel Valdez, I'm doing some assuming here. Uh, we're recording during the Thursday night Cleveland game. There's going to be some move tonight for Adam Duval, some move in the morning for Duval. By the time you're listening to this, we might know what it is. I might look like a jackass, but I think it's gonna be Emmanuel Valdez. And nobody spoke up when I sent this in the agenda earlier, so I think these guys might agree with me as well, that he's the one that's gonna get sent down to AAA. Um, so this is another out of our in and out. Valdez probably going down to AAA, back court a little bit, second base defense iffy. Derek, I'll go to you first. Uh, your thoughts on the status of Emmanuel Valdez. It's not a shocker. I mean, like he he was he was a guy who got off to a really slow start in AAA, like a really slow start in AAA. Um, and then he gets called up and he's kind of like tearing the cover off the base. It's like, hold up, where did this come from? And then pitchers kind of started to figure him out a little bit, and they're like, all right, we're gonna do this. Um, and they start struggling a bit more, um, but at the same time, you're looking at a guy Emmanuel Valdez. Who his I think his battle play in the big leagues maybe not right now. Um, he's still got a little bit more development left, but um, like but we've seen it, we saw that though those flashes of it, especially when he first got called up. Um, he probably is the guy to get sent down most likely because I don't see them sending down Pablo Reyes uh, because they can't send him down. They'd have to DFA him. I don't see that happening. Um, and then the only other thing, though, is I think they do have to DFA someone. Actually, yeah, I think they do have to DFA someone because the 40-man roster's at 40, and Duvall's coming off the 60-day injured list. That's the only other thing, is if they have to DFA someone, who is it? Uh, not sure. Uh, not sure who it would be. That's, the, that's where it gets hard. Uh, it very well could be Reyes, and we don't know. And some of this conversation is mute by the time you guys are listening to it. But assuming that's the move, we're trying to get ahead on things. Joey Valdez, even if he's not out officially, he's still kind of on the fritz right now. Uh, your thoughts? I don't think Valdez has done a bad job this year for what he was asked to do. 
you know, he didn't have a ton of AAA time this year, you know. He, he hit okay. I, mean, I think he was a good player on the, for the most part. Um, he just, I mean, he was, he performed at his ceiling, basically, right? Which was, he was a bad fielder, and he hit okay. Uh, I think Reyes has to be the guy to go. Um, I, I just don't see him staying on this team. And it seems like they got him off the scrap heap to the scrap heap he shall return. It seems inevitable, you know, that that's his outcome. So I see Reyes going. Reyes has no power. Because I've, see, I've seen that guy. I feel bad for him because I've seen him connect on some balls. And he just can't take him anywhere. He just can't. He doesn't have the bat speed. He doesn't have the power behind him. And I think on a team that has Trevor Story coming back soon, that you just don't need him. I am shocked to read that uh, Reyes is hitting 289. I know we don't like batting average very much, but I that seems pretty high to me. I don't know. Uh, that one surprises me. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, Derek, I want to start with you again on this one because um, we've got some prospect talk here. Chris Murphy uh, makes his debut last night. He pitches. I want to get the exact number right. Uh, three and a third with the Red Sox desperately need bulk innings right now. And he took a big, you know, he took the big brunt of it last night in his major league debut just a few days after turning 25. Has had a rough, rough, rough AAA season so far. Uh, but he gets the call up and he does what he needs to do. So, Derek, I want to start with you. Your thoughts on Chris Murphy temporarily in at the very least. I liked what I saw, and I think it goes back to his last appearance in uh, with the Wu Sox, and because he had nine starts to start this year, and he was struggling, and then they just threw him into the bullpen and said, you know what, we're gonna have you come out in relief. He went three innings, didn't give up a run. It was like, and you started to wonder, is like, is this gonna be a thing they actually do, or is he just like a one-time thing to get him on track or something, or how is it gonna work? And then they call him up, and it's, yeah, we're gonna use him out of the bullpen, and he's gonna be a bulk guy out of the bullpen eat some innings for us but he did more than just eat innings he looked he looked good and it was nice to see because he's a guy who yeah he's on the 40 man and like if he if he kind of stalls out at AAA his 40 man spot might have to come into question potentially like this offseason but if he can kind of make that move to a reliever if the starter if starting isn't working for him I mean he can be a solid reliever so he's not going to be like a back end of the bullpen guy, but you can find yourself a nice little reliever who can go two or three innings uh, from the left side. Not a bad thing to have at all. Um, it can make probably make a spot start here or there if you need it. So he's a guy that it's nice to see him having a little bit of success because he did have his struggles early in the year. So that's always a nice thing to see for any for a, guy, for a lot of guys. Um, it's just what's really going to be interesting now is what do they do uh, next week as uh, Tristan Cassis hits a home run, Joey. Um, there we go. So, yeah. Um, but I, I, I think for Murphy, you know, he could potentially get called up again. You know, next I'm not week. rooting against him, Derek. The Red I'm not, Joey, you were talking shit like five minutes ago. I'm, not rooting, I'm not rooting against him. I mean, it's I'm a not reasonable thing to call you out. This is what he does. He hits a home run and he strikes out ten times. Like, this is established, okay? This is his seventh. This is his seventh home run, all right? Calm down, okay? He's not Barry Bonds. I'm, I, I'm rooting for him on every level. I'm just thinking, I'm just saying, we have to stop making excuses for him, which is I mean, 
And he's last... got to do more of it. He has to hit over the Mendoza line. Is that too much to ask, Darren? In his last is that 28 too... games, he's hitting 250 with an almost 800 That's like not, I mean, is that like, is that like an insane number to you? Is that like, wow, he's hitting 250. No, above pretty the... good in no the modern criticism. day. No, yes. no criticism deserved. He's hitting 250 in the last 20. OPS is above league average. That's pretty good. Yeah. Fine, in the last he had a terrible April. He's still hunting. He's still hitting under Mendoza. Okay, he's hitting under 200. You cannot keep making excuses for a guy that's hitting under 200. He has to figure out how to play baseball. I, I'm glad he's doing better. <laughs> I'm glad he's doing better. I'm glad he's doing better. But he needs to get better and better, and he needs to do this consistently. And then I will no longer complain. I will no yes, longer but complain. But after <laughs> that bad in April, it takes time to bring your numbers back. Okay, okay. all right, both of you. We're done. He's We're allegedly done. this, like, super eyeball guy. He was great, great vision, and he leads the team in strikeouts. Okay, We're so. Done. We're done. We, you know, well, you, everyone we who was in the know on. said that he'll still strike out a decent amount. But he I will can't. It's not a decent amount. It's leading the team a decent amount. He strikes out more than Devers, which is like Devers doesn't close his eyes when he swings, okay? But I would mute you if I could. Okay, I'm talking now. So... We're going to use this energy to move us out of our game because I want to, I want to propel this conversation. Joey has a great transition uh, to our next segment, which I'm calling Where in the World is Rafael Devers? Because I don't believe he's currently playing on the Boston Red Sox. Uh, he said the other night, um, I feel okay. I feel like my timing is obviously a little bit off and I don't feel like I'm used to feeling, but I know that's going to come back at some point and that's why I'm working hard. Joey, you've been riding this guy hard. Uh, my apologies for the phrase. You've been riding him hard for weeks now and I want to know your thoughts on where in the world is Rafi Devers? I like how it's, a, I apologize for the phrase, and then you use it again right, right after. I mean, you really are a, a, a genius, a, an intellectual giant among us. But, um, yeah, I mean, Devers, I love Devers. Uh, I think Devers is a clutch player. I think he is a great player, which is the reason I've been criticizing him, because he is not living up to his ability, and he is not living up to the contract that he's been given. No player in baseball has gotten away with a more poor performance in the first few months of the season after signing a massive contract than Devers has in recent memory. And now, finally, some people are starting to get on him. But he has not looked good since the first two weeks of the season when he went on that crazy home run tear. He has, I mean, he's basically hitting Dahl, I mean, he's doing Dahlbeck numbers, right? He's hitting, like, below 250. He's hitting, like, 240, right? With you know a good amount of bombs and a ton of strikeouts, I mean he, I, I I don't know what's wrong with him. He goes out there and swings. It looks like he has his eyes closed. He's just taking wild wild hacks. Cora clearly is okay with it and not getting him into line. He seems out of shape. You know his third base defense has gone down. It doesn't look like enough effort is being put in. And I wonder if Devers. Now that he has his deal, just walking up to the baddest box and going, okay, I'm going to try to take a hack, hit a bomb, and if I don't, it's not a big deal. I'm going to go sit back down. I mean, is he just trying to accelerate his his destiny to the DH spot? Because he's got another 10 years before we can really give him that, right? So his eye is terrible. The strikeouts are horrible. He is just, he looks like... Um, you never remember Little League. Uh, you guys remember Little League when your Little League teams, there was always a kid who was older than everyone else, but he was somehow still in your league. Do you guys Do you guys remember anything like that? 
there was always a kid who was like the grade above you or graded two above you, but for, for because of some archaic rule, he was allowed to play with you, and he would throw faster than everyone else, and then your kids would go up and just take hacks and you know sh- shut their eyes and swing, shut their eyes and swing, <laughs> because they saw the heat. You know that 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 that's what's going on. It's like Devers, or Devers, the twelve-year-old who has tattoos. Exactly, Devers doesn't know what to do. When he sees the heat coming around the corner, he has to be willing to, you know, drop his hands low and take the swing. Instead, he doesn't know what he's doing. So, <laughs> I think about like the remember Pujols was like fourteen and he had like a full goatee, um, and he was very clearly twenty years old. <laughs> okay, anyway, uh, that's the conversation for another time. Uh, Derek, where in the world is Rafael Devers? I'm not gonna be as harsh on Rafi. Like, has it been bad? Yes. But, like, the underlying numbers have not anyone. been in his favor at all. Like, and like yes, the approach has not been good at all. Like, it's been really bad. He's popping the ball up a lot. His launch angle has risen and not in a good way. Um, you know, he's striking out more. He's walking less. Those two things aren't good. However, things that are a little bit, like, okay, maybe it's a little bit bad luck, his BABIP this year is down to 260. He's never uh he's only had it under 300 one year in his career. He doesn't walk. He doesn't walk. He doesn't walk. I mean, he literally is the top power hitter on this team with the most credit. I mean, he he's put up so much credit in the bank and he has lined up protection and he does not walk. Yes, he's, we are aware of that. His OBP That's... is under 300. You're talking about Babip, right? He's he can't even put balls in play. I mean, this is all it's all strikeouts. It's all strikeouts. He's putting balls more in play than you think. It just feels worse because a lot of the balls he is putting in play, like I said, have been pop-ups or, you know, not necessarily the most hard-hit balls. Uh, but so, like, do you I mean do you consider a pop-up like a okay outcome that's, like, giving good markers no, for performance? No, I, it's, no, it's not. But in the overall picture of things – his, like, his BABIP is down to 260. League average BABIP is normally around 300. Last year, his BABIP was 329. So that's a massive drop in BABIP. Then you look at some of the yes. more advanced numbers. His, expecting batting average, his expected batting average this year is 273. His actual batting average is under 250. His expected slugging is 534, which is his actual slugging is 478. Uh, his expected weighted on base is 367 compared to his actual weighted on base of 329. And his hard hit rate has gone up. It's the highest of his career at 52%. So some of the underlying numbers are saying maybe he's getting a little unlucky. Um, but at the same time, like, so there's at least that kind of thing that looks a little bit more promising. But at the same time, as good as those things look, he still needs to change some things. Because like I said, the approach has not been good. He's striking out more. His strikeout rate has jumped up like 2%. His walk rate has dropped like 2%. Um, you know, those kinds of things. He's popping Derek. the ball up. His launch angle has gone up and not in a good way. So all those things. That's why he pops up so much. That's what he I'm, pops up so much because he's trying to kill the ball every at bat. So he, he gets under it. That's what I'm saying. I understand you're trying to give him credit with the XBA stuff, and there is some credence to that. A lot of it is also because he's a lefty that plays at Fenway Park, and you have to be used to these ballpark factors. And you know that, that there are certain things that are expected of him. It's never going to be perfect, right? Because lefty in Fenway, you have a disadvantage if you pull the ball, right? But you're, I think, the perfect encapsulation of what you're talking about, right? Because you're giving him credit for this hard hit percentage, and maybe that's all true. 
okay, well, if your hard hit percentage is, is a point whatever percent higher than it was last year, but you're making contact with the ball about, would you say it was from like 330 to, to 250? No, that's, that's his batting average on balls in play. So yeah, so batting, batting average on balls in play has dropped like 70 points. Yeah, so he's hitting very weak things to the field. So you're telling me his contact is harder. You're telling me that all of these metrics are saying he's really playing good. But for some reason, all the balls he's hitting in play are getting absolutely fielded out. He's done, right? It doesn't really track for me, you know? Well, the bad average of balls in play is, like, you hit a line drive right at someone, and it's an out. It, does, you don't get, it doesn't help your batting average. It doesn't help your bat. But if you hit a line drive right at someone, and it's, you know, 110 miles per hour off the bat, your expected batting average is going to be pretty high normally on that. So, because expected batting average just takes into effect your the exit velocity and the launch angle that the ball was hit at. And what's the expected batting average of a ball hit at that exit velocity and that launch angle? So, expected batting average does show Rafi in a better light. Is it still great? No. His expected batting average is still down. Uh, it's down 20 points from 2021 and down 10 points from last year. So it's still going down. It's not as good as it was. But his expecting numbers are still better than his actual numbers. So at least when you look at it that sense, it's like, okay, maybe he's been a little unlucky, but things but things still have to change. It's, yes, he's, his expected numbers you know, say that he's maybe been a little unlucky, but at the same time, there are still big problems that he does have to fix because the strikeouts have gone up, the walks have gone down, popping up a lot. It's... It's the whole picture. I have a question for Pat. Pat, do you think this is the influence of Devers, I mean, of Devers, of Martinez and Bogarts being gone? Do you think that's what's affecting his hitting performance, that he doesn't have his support team, his support structure, his emotional rocks there with him to help him play? Uh, that is a good question. I don't. I don't know what it is. I mean, this year he just looks different. I mean, the thing last year up until, in really the past two, three years, up until uh, he had that hammy issue last year and was just not the same for like a month, um, was that he was always just having really good at-bats. Even if it didn't go his way, I mean, that's how baseball is, right? It only goes your way 30% of the time. He, even when he was swinging at some crazy stuff, which he does still do, he's making contact. He was um, uh, oftentimes getting contact for a hit. Uh, he could be a good fisherman sometimes. This year, he just, like, that's why I named it this segment. He literally looks like a different guy. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, maybe you're onto something there. Maybe it's the fact that, uh, you know, this team is different in some way, whether that be it or not. I don't know what it is, but I mean, he's essentially gotten demoted. I mean, he went from the two hole to the four hole, which used to be the four hole was where you wanted to be. The cleanup spot was where you wanted to be. Now it's almost like a punishment. Yoshida makes him look uh, silly every night now. Um, I, I don't know what it is, but he, it doesn't, he doesn't look like the same guy really at all in his at-bats right now. And I gotta say, it doesn't help too. He's gotten very pull happy this year. And to Joey's point, like yes, expecting bad average, you're gonna you're gonna make more outs on balls that would be hit, maybe hits or homers elsewhere at Fenway if you're pulling the ball as a lefty. His pull rate this year is up to forty percent. It's up like six percent from last year. And he's not going to center. I think his uh, he's hitting the ball to center much less than he was, uh, much less than he was last year. 
So in terms of that, like, that's not something you want to see. Um, he's still going to opposite field, about the same mark, but I think the thing when you play in Fenway and there's a lefty and you're pulling the ball, I mean, you go dead right field, like, that's 380 feet. Like, you hit the ball 375, and it's an out. But at places like Yankee Stadium or Cincinnati or a place like that, it's a home run, right? So I think that's a thing, too. Like, he's gotten, like, way too pull happy. And I have to eat my words on this because before the season started, I was preaching the gospel of Devers to make another biblical reference. I was saying that, you know, this guy, they're getting rid of the shift. He is batting average is going to go way up because of all the pull he can get away with now. And it just really has worked. I mean, it's worked the opposite. So I, I'm sitting here trying to think, is it a work ethic problem? Because, I mean, I think there is only a few things it could be. And any baseball player, it's it's a few issues, right? Is it mental? Is it work ethic? Right. Is it an injury problem? I mean, his defense or, has gotten worse, too. I mean, it's like all around he's playing worse. Or is it a skill issue? Is is he in, in his decline? I mean, there have been guys, and I'm not – I am not trying to say – I'm not trying to sound the alarm bells saying that Devers is, is never going to be as good as he was in 2021 or 2019. I'm not saying that. But, you know, in some guys' careers, sometimes their best years are age 25, 24, and 23, and then they kind of fall off after, right? I mean, Juan Soto – that's kind of what he's doing right now. His best years were when he was younger, and not right now he's you've seen you've seen a visible decline. He might just never do that again, right? So, what I'm hoping is that I'd like to see Devers end the season around 275 with you know more than 30 home runs, then we could all go home and be happy. But you know Devers ending the season under 250, you know, and unless he has like 60 bombs or something to make up for that. And it's really going to be disappointing, especially since last year. And, and we, we did make excuses for him. I didn't really, but other people did, about the uh, end of 2022, how he became so weak. And it ended up being a down year for him, right? And 2022 was a down year. And people said, well, he was playing injured, right? And I think that is true. But it seems like the player from the end of 2022 is kind of who we're seeing now, not the player from the first half of 2022 and 2021. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I, I, I want to say I want to say Juan Soto. I wouldn't say necessarily on a decline. He had like a stupid year. Twenty twenty doesn't really count because he only played forty five games or something. Twenty twenty one had the best year of his career. He's still one of the best hitters in baseball even now. He's still got like a one fifty something or just behind, just under one sixty OPS plus. Like still an elite hitter. It's just the batting average is down a little bit, but he still he walks like way more than everyone else in the league. He's not even close. Um, with Rafi, like, I think it goes back to, I think it's a, an approach thing, right? So swinging for the fences, and it's visible. I think that's causing him to pull the ball more. Like I said, his pull rate's up 6%. Yes, you would think with the shift, pulling the ball more would help. You're in a park at Fenway, where pulling the ball isn't necessarily advantageous to lefties. And then also, too, like, you're seeing a lot of these effects coming from the fact of, you know, yes, he's pulling the ball. Pulling the ball, just pulling off the ball maybe at times, which is causing him to hit pop-ups. And maybe it's causing him to swing and miss a little bit more too in terms of there are some times this year where we see him just miss pitches right down the middle. And it's like, Rafi Devers doesn't miss those pitches. Um, so I think it's kind of like a mix of things. But I think the biggest thing has been kind of approach this year. He gets back to going up the middle more often and a little bit more to the opposite field. I think he'll start playing better. But he's I think he's just been way too pull-happy this year. And I think part of that maybe is... He's going up. Oh, shift's not there. I'm just going to pull the ball now, and it hasn't really worked. 
All right, guys, we're going to wrap this one. And I hope it's not an ongoing conversation in some way. I hope things turn around, but it very well could be something that we return to. Uh, I say every night at the top of the show that Bleacher Brawls is the home of the greatest rivalry in professional sports between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. Those two teams haven't played each other yet uh, this year, despite being in the same division, obviously being arch enemies. Although Cortez is talking some crap about more enemies with their, their, they think of Toronto more as rivals, whatever, stupid. Um, they play each other for this three-game series this weekend. I want to hear these guys make some predictions. We're going to kind of do all or address everything in one go uh, because we're running a little long. We just have some more stuff to do. So uh, things I want you to touch on. Judge is out. He's on the eye out. They're running through that gate in Los Angeles. Uh, we are facing this weekend Cole, Herman, and Schmidt. Uh, Derek, I heard you talking Schmidt up a little bit on the Yankee show the other night. And I want you guys to make some pred- uh, predictions. How many wins, how many losses in this three-game set? Derek, I will go to you first. I'll start and say I think this is going to be a series, whichever, whichever way. I don't see a sweep in this series. Um, I think the Yankees probably have the upper hand with Cole in the first game. Um, I think in the second game, Hauk and Herman is the pitching matchup. Domingo Herman has been very good as of late. Um, actually, very, very good as of late. Uh, Hauk, you know, he's been up and down a little bit, but he hasn't had, like, some start where he's gotten absolutely, like, torn to shreds like Corey Kluber was, but he also hasn't had, like, a dominant start at the same time. Um, then on Sunday, Bayo versus Clark Schmidt. Clark Schmidt's been, he's been solid. Not Nothing amazing, but he's been what he's kind of needed him to be. Um, but I like the pitching matchup in terms of Bayo. Um, I like Bayo in that matchup. Um, I think this is a 2-1 series. However, I think Yankees' home field advantage I think kind of helps them a little bit. The Red Sox offense isn't at full, isn't going at you know, isn't at full cylinders right now. It's not going at 100% right now. Duvall's coming back, yes, but at the same time, you know, sometimes guys come back from injured list and they struggle off the get go. I think the Yankees probably win two out of three. Um, but like, I'll even go a little bit further. The next week, the Red Sox play Yankees in Boston. I think it's a good chance Boston goes two out of three there, right? So I think. I think it's probably two out of three for the Yankees, but I think there's a good chance all three games could be close. J-Dog? I think it's the perfect time for Raphael Devers, our quixotic hero, to put himself back on the right track by beating up on Garrett Cole. I think that's I think that's what he needs. I think that's the, <laughs> that's, the that's the ice he needs in his veins, right? He's Cole's father. He has always hit Garrett Cole very well. The Red Sox as a whole have always hit Cole very well. So I'm going to say two out of three. I'm going to say we beat Cole. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. We beat Cole. Um, And I think Devers has now the opportunity to put himself back on the horse by getting a series win over the Yankees and beating up on Garrett Cole, that guy, that that freakazoid. Um, So, yeah, that's that's what I'm seeing for that next series. Wow, Joey, I like, I like the optimism. I, I hate to end this on a downer note. I think I'm going Yankees two wins as well. I like the Sunday matchup. I like Bay over Schmidt, and I like the fact that the Yankees like to sit guys on Sundays, uh, especially if they've taken the first two games of the series. So I'm going, unfortunately, one win, but I, I wish I could go with Joey's optimism. Uh, Rafi, pull the ball at Yankee Stadium, please. Yeah, exactly. Um, Joey, you're next because uh, it is time for From Farm to Fenway presents Derek's Minor Leaguer of the Week. However, there's been some controversy the past couple weeks because 
Derek did trivia and took trivia from you last week, and now I'm going to take it from you this week. But uh, everybody got upset at everybody last week, and Luke decided, Joey, you get to do the prospect of the week next week. I have I am, I'm terrified. So I just want to remind you that just like Derek, you have 60 seconds. No, I have a whole format. I have a whole format. I have, I have a bit of an interesting format here I've, I've, I've developed, okay? Okay. So, so you have 60 seconds. No, no, so I'm going to include you guys. This is how generous I am, okay? All right, go. So – I was thinking about prospects, and you know, prospects don't have to be people currently playing for the team. Let's talk about the prospects of history, right? <laughs> so, I want you guys all to tell me out of these out of these prospects I'm about to name, who you were the most disappointed in, and who annoyed you the most. Okay. Okay, go fast. Lars Anderson. Oh. Michael Chavis. Oh. Henry Owens. Uh-huh. And. Uh, yeah, that's it. Those three guys. Me personally, Lars Anderson has a park in Brookline named after him, and I used to think that was because he was such a great prospect. Oh, he has a park named after him in Brookline, but it wasn't real. So you guys, Lars Anderson, Henry Owens, tell me, come on, who do you hate the most? Derek, you have 11 seconds. I'd probably, I'm going Lars. I don't hate though. any of them. I'd probably lean Henry Owens. Um, also, at my prospect, we could sit down off ALF. Screw you, Joey. What are you saying? That's tough. I heard a mumble. I heard a mumble of fear. My prospect of the week is Sedan Rafaela. Screw you. Sedan Rafaela. Who's Sedan Rafaela? That, oh, some guy? I don't know who he is. I don't right. know who he is. We're done. You know, I was thinking about Rusty Castillo the other day. You remember Rusty Castillo? Oh, yeah. We all remember. He's playing an indie ball. Is he still playing? Nah. I mean, think about it. You think if you got a $70 million contract and you played through it and you were terrible, you think you just take your ball and go home, right? What is Lars Anderson up to? That guy was a disappointment. Yeah, right? I remember them hyped him up so much. And Harry Owens was supposed to be Greg Maddox. He was Greg Maddox, remember? He owns a baseball bat company with Ryan Kalish. Ryan Kalish? Derek, that's, a, that's an MLB to 2K11 fair, feel, for you. Yeah, I feel bad for Ryan Kalish. He was a guy who injuries kind of killed his career. Not Ryan Kalish. Oh, and then I'm uh, Blake Swy. Is Blake Swihart involved Blake in this at all? Yeah, dude, that's a rough one. The, the remember- one, honestly, the one that one prospect that I was like, kind of the most upset about was the fact that like no one from my 2K MLB 2K10 2K11 prospects ever like no Michael Bowden didn't pan out like. No. Uh, Dustin Richardson oh, no. didn't pan out. Aaron man. Bates didn't pan out. Like Ryan Kalish didn't pan Bates. out. <laughs> okay, Eight. all right, we got to so, move on. We got to move on. Yeah. I have to wrap this Although up. Although Justin so, Masterson was good, he, he, Justin so, Masterson. You know, there was a unifying point here. There was a unifying point yes. here. The point was to showcase that throughout history, there have always been prospects and highly t- highly touted farm systems, and the Red Sox have seen many prospects come and go, and a lot of them, most of them in my memory, have. Worked out very, very poorly. Uh-huh. That's all I wanted to say. Okay, thanks. Do so, I need to go through the list of homegrown Red Sox players on no. World so Joe, Joey's minor leaguer of the week was Lars Anderson because <laughs> it's because it's 2008. Okay, anyway, our final segment tonight. I didn't want these guys arguing over who was doing trivia, and I didn't want to continue the the season of the Actionary without Luke. So, here's what we're gonna do tonight. Uh, every month on BleacherBrawls.com, I put together a quiz of baseball trivia. It's what I do uh, professionally in my life, as we've made clear as a teacher. So I write quizzes, something I like to whip up every month on the site. And they are sort of in the vein of the old baseball digest quizzes, 
Uh, here's what we, here, okay, excuse me, let me start over. I do 10 questions every month, it's out of 100, you get the idea. What we're gonna do tonight is I'm gonna give these guys three of those questions. This quiz comes out on Monday morning, so that's gonna be Monday the 11th or 12th, whatever that Monday is, 9, 10, 11, 12. Um, and uh, so if you're listening to this show and you're gonna read the quiz on Monday, you're gonna kinda get three spoilers, right? But hey, maybe you'll start with 30 points. I, I get some crap sometimes that they're kind of hard. Um, and you get a bit of a leg up. And if you don't normally look at the quizzes, hopefully this will kind of push you in that direction and you will check them out every month. So uh, all of these actually, oh, Joey just disappeared. We'll give him a second to come back, I guess. Well, while Joey is gone, I will say this. <laughs> Go to BleacherBrawls.com. Check out my latest column where I took a look at some of the biggest international stars in baseball uh, who could potentially be coming to the MLB sometime soon. Uh, check that out because we know the WBC was a big hit this, this uh, spring. So taking a look at some of the guys who played in the WBC and when they might come over to the big leagues uh, because actually three out of the four guys I, I picked to chose to write about are supposed to be coming to the big leagues this offseason, so there's that. <laughs> He's putting his, hey, Kid Rock, welcome back. Okay, I don't know why you left, but here's, picking up where I left off, uh, the quiz. Each one, it's just an option of two answers. So these guys aren't competing against each other. This is just, can they each get it right, okay? So three questions tonight, can each guy get it right? A possibility of only two answers for each. First one, inspired by Derek's Ellie De La Cruz uh, love and fandom on this show recently, is a, uh, oh my gosh, I've lost my question. Oh, is a Cincinnati Reds question, okay? In the entire history of the Cincinnati Reds franchise, have they had more seasons in first place or more seasons in last place? In first totality. place. First place. Okay. Derek, your guess? I was leaning first place, but I kind of want to say last place now that Joey said first place. You can say the same but answer. I'm it's not you guys beating each other. That was my first thought because right. of the 70s. But. Okay. Yeah, I think the Big Red Machine made that happen. 17 first place finishes and 13 last place finishes. So I win that because I said it first, right? No. no. Okay. Now, a couple Red Sox questions for you, okay? This is just two options here. Who has a better career ERA? All right, who has a better career ERA? Wade Boggs or Ted Williams? Boggs. <laughs> Boggs. Derek, I think that you, I don't know if you mouthed that Can't or hear you muted or what, but. Boggs, Boggs. I mouthed it. Okay, you uh, so you. Uh, I'll take Ted Joey Williams Joey says then. Wade Boggs. I, okay. I have no clue. This one is Wade Boggs. He has a 3.86 career ERA to Williams 4.50. The difference is a third of an inning, though. They each gave up one earned run. However, Boggs did it in two and a third. Williams did it in two. So That's he, BS. By technicality, has the better ERA. All right. Last question. Red Sox need related. To check Joey's. from way back then. <laughs> Joey, you're on a roll. I know. Which member of the 2004 Red Sox had more hits in the regular season? Was it Kurt Schilling or Pedro Martinez? Schilling. What kind of stupid question is that? He went Schilling, and I can't <laughs> beat him, so I'm just going to go Pedro. But I don't, it I, was I Schilling. Kurt Schilling with a whopping... <laughs> 
a one. whopping one hit, <laughs> and Pedro with zero. Crushing Derek. Only Sorry, I, Derek. The only reason I said Pedro is because I couldn't beat Joey by saying Shilling. Uh, so, so and so, Joey wept for there were no more worlds to conquer. <laughs> well, you have seven more questions on Monday morning when the June 2023 baseball quiz hits. Uh, all right, guys, we did it in under an hour for the second week in a row. Jeez, uh, Luke sucks it. at this thing, doesn't he? I think he might be the problem. And I don't know how much we miss him. So at 57 minutes, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I'll be gone for a while. This is my last show for a week and a half. I'll be in Arizona. I'm hosting the next back. show. No, <laughs> Joey's not. absolutely no, not, not hosting the next show. I'll do a show by myself. I'm hosting it. And Derek and I will talk about the Diamondbacks when I get back. Um, thanks, guys, for being here. Uh, listen to us, all the places that you listen to us, Spotify, Apple, wherever you find your podcast. You've already rated us five stars. Left us a nice review. All the places you can find us, BleacherBrawls.com, which we've hinted at a couple times already. Our YouTube channel, our TikTok, our main Twitter uh, is at BleacherBrawl. That's our main social media hub. You can also find all of our individual Twitters in the description of this podcast. We got the rivalry episode on Sunday night, Monday morning, which is going to break down our first Red Sox-Yankees series of the year. We've had this one circle for a long time. It sucks that both Luke and I will be unavailable, but uh, the rest of the crew will uh, handle it well, I'm sure, and I can't wait to listen to it. Until then, signing off for everybody. My name is Pat. I'm here with Derek and Kid Rock. Uh, Thank you guys for being here, and we will see you next time. All right, folks, that's the latest episode of Bleacher Brawls. Thanks for tuning in, for rating us five stars, and leaving us a nice review. And don't forget to check us out on BleacherBrawls.com, on YouTube, and on Twitter.